This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Albion Analysis, an unusual Albion Analysis tonight because Pete and I are recording same night as the game. Literally, the the Albion game finished just over an hour ago and we've already jumped on to record. Um, uh, indulgent from me because it's uh, it's my birthday tomorrow, hence uh, me not being able to record um, tomorrow. So we've jumped on and done an early one. And I have to say, Albion gave me a very nice early birthday present with a magnificent magnificent 3-0 win away at Plymouth and Pete we've just been looking at the numbers and whilst the first half was largely forgettable and we'll come to the sort of difference between the first and the second halves um, in a moment I mean the first half was verging on a cure for insomnia if we're honest the second half in particular was about as dominant a performance as Albion have turned in this season, it equal to the highest expected goal difference that we've had in any game this season. Only Blackburn at home equals it. Um, Albion only gave away 0.1 xG over the whole game and created 2.34 themselves. I mean, we just absolutely bossed a team who themselves are usually very, very good at home. And have only that's only the third time this season they've failed to score in a home game. And we gave, we didn't just stop them scoring. They didn't have a sniff, 0.1 XG for them tonight. Yeah, like you say, the first half wasn't the most entertaining, but we did a job and we didn't give Plymouth any opportunities. We didn't really create too many for ourselves in the first half. But yeah, we're happy with that, especially when we can, can come out in the second half and perform like that. So... Yeah, it wasn't far off a perfect away performance and it was came at a time when we really needed one as well because it's it's the easiest of our, well, before the game, the next three games because obviously we've just played Plymouth and then um, we've got Holloway and Coventry at home. So we could have done with three points tonight and we got them. Um, and 
even more so when you, when you look back at it and see that Hall picked up, I think they held on for three points, didn't they? Um, away at Southampton. So They did indeed 2-1. Yeah, a massive result um, for Albion and it, it's come at a really good time, um, especially when you consider playing away from home when we're not particularly great away from home and Plymouth tend to be very good at home. Well, it restores that four-point cushion, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, Hull winning tonight was not ideal and obviously it sets up a massive uh, game at the weekend between ourselves and them because they're, they're starting to hit a, hit a decent bit of form. Not a massive coincidence that they suddenly hit form when Jaden Philogene uh, returns. But frankly, I'm not, not overly concerned with, with, with the opposition at the moment because we showed enough in that second half to show that we could we could bring give anyone problems and i just want i just want to look at the numbers pete because first half like i say little bit of a non event we i think it, let, let's credit where credit's due i think we were marginally the better side um probably a little bit more than marginally the better side if if truth be told we hit the post with uh, with a deflected alex mower effort byman had a one on one which it, I think initially I thought he should have done a lot better with um, at second viewing. When I saw the replay, I kind of thought, well, he is quite wide and he's gone back across the goalkeeper. Maybe he could have struck it better, but I didn't think it was as bad a miss at second viewing as I did first time around. But first half, yeah. So we were were the better side, four shots, 53% possession. Second half, 13 shots. 59% 59% possession, dispossessed half as many times. I mean, we just came out a completely different side at half time. And I I imagine the message from Carlos Corbran was, first of all, these are there for the taking because they looked it. I was saying, uh, I was watching it with my dad and I, and I said to him at, um, at half time, I said, if we don't get three points from this, we will have to look at it as a missed opportunity because Plymouth was showing absolutely nothing in that first period. But we came out second half with completely renewed vigour. And I thought Carlos Corbran did his usual masterstroke because tactically he, he he did something that was very, very simple for me because I thought in that first 45 minutes, I thought Tom Fellows had a pretty dreadful game. Really, in that first 45, he was dispossessed four times and he had two unsecured touches. He lost the ball six times, far more than any other player in that first half. How many times did he lose the ball in the second half? Zero. And there seemed to be a complete tactical change of Fellows' role because in that first half, he was going down the left-hand touchline on his left foot, and it just wasn't working for him. He was easily getting dispossessed. A lot of balls were getting poked out for throw-ins. We just weren't getting anywhere. First minute of the second half, pretty much, he picks the ball up on that left-hand side, and what does he do? He drives inside on his right foot and plays a wonderful ball through for, for Andy Vyman, who uh, who definitely, that's the one where he definitely should do a lot, lot better, where he's one-on-one with the keeper. and And from there... Tom Fellows was unbelievable second half. And as much as I'd love to give all the credit to Tom Fellows, and and some of it does go to Tom Fellows, because I tell you what, most 20-year-old players who have that first half performance would probably have crumbled a little bit and uh, their mentality would have gone a touch. But not Tom Fellows. He's clearly so strong. He mentally so, so strong. But tactically as well what Corbran did with him at half time because the other thing with a lot of managers you've got a 20 year old who struggled that much in the first half and he did struggle Tom Fellows most managers probably bring him off for a more experienced player not Corbran 
Corbrand just goes, right, there's ways we can get more out of you. And Tom Fellows in the second half was absolutely fantastic after having one of the most anonymous, forgettable first half performances I've I've seen for an Albion player in a long time. And credit to Fellows because I thought um, his mentality was unbelievable. But a world of credit to Corbrand because I think 99% of managers there bring a young player off in that situation at half time. Not Corbran. He just gets the best out of him. And Fellows was amazing uh, second half and it was topped off by his goal. And I thought there was a number of little tweaks all over the pitch that Corbran did at half time, which just transformed our performance into an absolutely awesome second half display. Yeah, I don't think it was a terrible first half for him. It was nowhere near one of his best and to be fair, it probably was one of his worst, but... He's not had too many bad performances in an Albion shirt this season, so um, can't give him. No, it's worth saying, Pete. I'm measuring him by a pretty, pretty high yardstick at the, at this point. You know, when I when I say it's a poor performance, I mean by the standards he's set for himself over recent weeks. Yeah, and he was he was quite often doing the right things. It just wasn't coming off. But then that second half, he came out and yeah, looked a, a lot, a lot better and a lot more threatening. Um, like you say, driving inside, and I think in the first half, Swift was playing very close to him. Swift was playing out on the left almost, but just tucked inside a little bit. So maybe taking up the space for Fellows to drive inside. But yeah, when we when Fellows started to drive inside in the second half, then he looked really threatening. I thought the centre-back that was playing out on that right side, um, Phillips, I think it was, had quite a poor game and didn't seem to want to get drawn out too wide. So maybe that's why we wanted to attack that kind of space that he was leaving between the wing-back because quite often the wing-back was pushing on and we saw it for... For Mikey Johnson's goal that the wing-back pushed on, but the the right centre-back didn't want to go anywhere near Johnston initially. That's why he had so much space for Moat to play it to him. Um, so we made the most of that with Fellows and then also with Mikey Johnston when he came on. So it's, it seemed to be an area that Corbran and his uh, coach and staff identified at half-time or got the message across at half-time and, um, and we looked to exploit it in the second half and uh, we definitely did. Also on the subject of Tom Fellows, I just want to, I just want to run through his his numbers, Pete. Since um, I'm, it, we'll ignore the Swansea game on New Year's Day, but since that Swansea game on New Year's Day, Tom Fellows, ninety minutes against Blackburn, goal, eighty four minutes against Birmingham, nothing, uh, fifty six minutes against Ipswich, goal, sixty seven minutes against Cardiff, assist. 45 minutes against Southampton, nothing. 90 minutes against Plymouth, goal. That is four goal contributions in six appearances, which amount to just uh, just about um, uh, five 90 minutes. Four goal contributions in five 90 minutes when you tot up the, the 90s, give or take. Tom Fellows, a 20-year-old. That is a staggering return. Four goal contributions in five 90 minutes since the just beyond the turn of the year, since after the Swansea game. I, I can't even begin to describe how good that is. Yeah, it's absolutely superb. And he timed it perfectly as an Albion fan, really, didn't he? Because he uh, signed his new contract and then he kicked off his goal scorer and an assisting run I think so didn't get didn't get as much interest as he probably deserved in January had he started scoring these goals 
a week or two earlier, then um, I wonder what sort of offers Albi might receive for him. So, from an Albi perspective, he timed well, it perfectly. Thank goodness he signed a three-year deal as well, as well, Pete. Because I mean, can can you imagine if <laughs> the, the the amount of contracts he would have, be having laid in front of him if if his contract was still up in coming up in the summer? Yeah, that's true. And um, yeah, with recent performances, maybe it's time to start thinking about tying him down for a few more than three years, even outside of his goal scoring. Uh, numbers. If you look at the numbers from his passing in the Plymouth game, they're really impressive as well. He had the, the third highest expected threat of um, Albion players. And if you look at passes that he received, so, you know, you judge him, can he get into dangerous areas, make good runs and, and you know, receive balls in threatening areas? He had by far the highest expected threat received um, of 4.4. The next highest for Albion was was Nathaniel Chalobah of three point not point three four, sorry. Chalobah was not point four four four. Chalobah was not point three four. Um and also the most progressive passes received. So, you know, we we'll see him making those runs down the wing, but he was making the right movements, um, getting in behind, getting into dangerous areas and, and receiving passes, but also Playing passes into dangerous areas, so he gets not... in the box too, Pete. Which which is something earlier in the season. I think you and I spoke about it a number of times. I think I think we said on this very pod that Corbrand, when we weren't really scoring goals, Corbrand's got to find a way to get more players into the box at times because I think we 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 were saying you know the amount of times we get the ball in decent positions and there just weren't the bodies in there. Well, you have Tom Fellows on the pitch and you have a guy who is always going to get in the box for you yeah he he does doesn't he and um i thought it was impressive for his goal that he he was able to react quicker than anyone else i think there was three three players stood near to where the ball fell there was tom fellows and then i think dean garner for albion but um for plymouth i think it was michael miller um who had only come come on 10 or 15 minutes ago and fellows to have the energy and reaction to to get there before the two substituted players got there I thought was really impressive and yeah we, we need a player that we need a winger that's desperate to score goals as well as assist them and, and fellow seems to be very keen on, on scoring goals I mean every player is but it's different to players that make those movements and anticipate those rebounds and are really aggressive to, to get to them and, and score goals so yeah we're seeing we're seeing very very promising things from Tom Fellows and yeah long may it continue I have to say, I don't, I don't think it was just a tactical victory today. Over, overall, I thought it was a, a victory for Albion's mentality as well, Pete, because we we we'd had we'd obviously had a couple of um, chances where Vyman had gone through before we scored. We also had two deflected efforts that um, that came back off the post. Um, Moats could have gone absolutely anywhere in the first half, and then I mean, Jed Wallace is just so so unlucky the way it comes off the inside of the post and goes across the goal. And the point I'm trying to make here is a lot of teams might have started getting frustrated, might have started questioning themselves, asking whether the goal was ever going to come, thinking, is this is this going to be our night? Are we just going to be unfortunate tonight? Is this going to be one of those hard luck stories? But do you know what do you know what the good teams do? The good teams make their own luck. I, I think back to when when I was watching the Liverpool Chelsea game a few weeks back, the, the the one where Darwin Nunez hit the post a record number of times for um for for, for any player. I think it was Liverpool Chelsea. I'm sure it was. And there there was a period in that game where where you kind of thought, 
Are Liverpool actually going to score the goals they deserve to score in this game? But the really, really top sides, the really top sides, and I'm not saying we're, we're there in Liverpool's bracket because Liverpool at the moment, in terms of a side that keeps on going and keeps on trying to score goals, no matter what the situation in games, it, for me is probably, it, for me, they're probably even beyond Man City for, for, the, for the best in the country for doing that. But what I saw tonight was an Albion side take on that kind of mentality of it doesn't matter how many we, we we miss. We believe in the process. We believe in our manager. We believe in what we're being asked to do. And we believe that in the end, if we keep doing the right things, that forget luck, we will get our rewards. And we did get our rewards. And eventually the goals came. Yeah, they came a little bit later in the game than, uh, than, than we would have, than we probably would have liked. But so what? We were so dominant in that football match, and they the, the goals easily could have come earlier. Like the um, the the Mowat shot could have gone in, the Wallace shot could have gone in. Byman probably on uh, you know we we said on the last pod if you want a chance to fall to anybody at the moment, it's probably Andy Byman, and and yet he's missed two on, two one on ones tonight. Um, so on another night, probably one of those goes in. But at no point did we get our heads down. No point did we feel sorry for ourselves. The trust of the players in the management, in the process, in the tactics of what they're being asked to do is absolute. And what that what what that brings is so much confidence to the players that, you know, when we're playing well, when we're doing the right things, that you keep doing them and you will get your rewards. And that, for me, is what happened tonight. Yeah, you just have to look at um, the expected goals, and I think Albion's was at Albion's was at two point three four, and Plymouth's was just not point one. They had four shots, and only one of them was taken inside the penalty area. Whereas Albion had a lot more taken inside the penalty area. I think ten in total. Um, so if you keep working chances to shoot from inside the penalty area and in good positions, and you're taking shots that are high value shots that are worth a, a high expected goals then you're doing the right thing and if you keep persistent with that even if you don't score the first few then then you're going to score goals it's just about continuously creating chances not getting your head down and and one of them will eventually go in and well comfortably the highest xg of any albion away game this season higher uh, higher than preston uh pete our third highest xg for of uh, of any game um this season only beaten by um blackburn and queens park rangers Uh, sorry league game i don't know what the xg was for all the shot it was something that I looked at in the opposition analysis on the the newsletter on uh, Substack, and Plymouth have got a very good home record. But if you look at their if you look at their goal difference at home, it's the fifth. Uh, no, sorry, it's the seventh best goal difference um, at home. But if you look at their expected goal difference at home, it's the fifth worst. So they seem to be a team that are just really overperforming um, in their home games, and it's probably partly down to Morgan Whisker, who seems to be able to just score with every shot he takes. Um, but it, it probably suggests that it was a game that was maybe a bit more for the taken than a lot of people would have assumed it to be if they just looked at the regular home league table. And to be fair to Albion, we kept their biggest threat quiet, kept Morgan Whitaker really quiet. Um, I think Chrissy said he had the, the second least number of touches for anybody that played the full 90. Um, yep, only behind Ryan Hardy. And not exactly. m- not much behind Ryan Hardy either, by the way. Exactly. So when you when you keep him quiet, he's uh, joint second in the the goal scoring tables for the championship this season. So um, if you keep quiet uh, an attacking player of that quality, then you well you've you've done well to start off with, and you're probably halfway there. And 
I mean, did just that. And yeah, we made the most of Plymouth's defensive record and, and the way that they give away chances. And we were persistent, kept it up and, and didn't get too frustrated after we went in goalless at half time. And yeah, it's half you doing what we were doing. Did it a little bit better. Coburn's uh, half time team talk must have worked. Yeah, continued doing it. And uh, we eventually got our awards. And then they seemed to just come a little bit easier after we got the first one. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home, especially with Albion's home record under Carlos Corbran. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, let's talk about the, uh, Morgan Whitaker and how he got um, absolutely nothing in this game because you know i've i've got to i've got to feel i've got to feel sorry for um connor townsend really pete because he's he's just going to have a really cluttered nightstand because he's going to get home and he's going to go in his one pocket and he's going to pull morgan whitaker out and he's going to go in his other pocket and he's going to pull barley mumber out because they got absolutely nothing out of him and look everybody knows that I like uh, Connor Townsend. I like him for a reason because I think he's a good footballer. If, I did, if he wasn't playing well, I wouldn't like him because I don't. I don't like players who underperform for my football team because I have to watch them and I want them to win. And and if and if they're not performing, my team has less chance of winning. And I don't like that. Connor Townsend tonight was nothing short of phenomenal. As a defensive force, he gave one of the best players in the championship and let's call him what he is he's second top scorer in the in the league he was uh, Lazio tried to buy him in January and he hasn't had a sniff he's over on Townsend's side and by the way credit as well to Eric Peters who I thought was monstrous tonight I thought he was absolutely phenomenal alongside Townsend I thought the two of them together were absolutely tremendous um He's uh, Townsend has won the most tackles. He's had the most touches of any Albion player. He's constantly available, and then it's what he did with those uh, with those touches. Because you've just put a um, a graphic out on our X account, uh, Pete. And if you if you don't follow us uh, at Albion Analysis, not that hard to find. Um, have a look at it because Pete always puts a brilliant, brilliant post match graphic out on the uh, on the pod account after every game, and they're they're, they're so enlightening. And it shows as well that not only did Connor Townsend do his defensive work brilliantly and won the most tackles and had the most touches, so he's the the most involved in the game of any Albion player, but he had the highest expected threat of any Albion player and the second most progressive passes. I mean, he was just phenomenal tonight and he completely nullified 
two really big threats in this division. Barley Mumba has caused other teams a lot of problems. He had to be substituted, granted partly because he got a booking, but partly as well because he'd done absolutely nothing in the game. And frankly, Morgan Whitaker, you probably needed reminding that he was out there because he was utterly anonymous. And a lot of that goes down to Connor Townsend and some of it as well goes down to Eric Peters, who I who I have to say... And I think uh, we we were both on the same page uh, about this. I think I think when 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 we realised that um, Carl Bartley was going to going to miss games, I think we we, we both kind of wanted to see Okay Koslu um, slotted back into centre half, partly for the the aerial ability. How wrong were we, Pete? Because Eric Peters has come in, um, and he's uh, he's just been unbelievable and this isn't this isn't an emotional thing but uh, but it but it does it is worth mentioning that Eric Peters has opened up in the last few weeks about um or in the last week or so about everything he's had to deal with and the mental strength and the uh, the, the 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 fighting mentality that Eric Peters has had to show to keep going and focusing on football whilst there's much much more important things going on on in his life shows what an unbelievable professional and human being he is but i'm not i'm not crediting him just because he's had some horrendous stuff go on in his personal life i'm crediting him because the guy has come into the side and you wouldn't know that he's missed the vast majority of the season he's just slotted in like he's never been away so connor townsend absolute Phenom tonight, absolutely brilliant, absolutely outstanding. But Eric Peters alongside him wasn't very far off him either for me. Yeah, when we were looking at ahead to the game at Cardiff, um, well, against Cardiff at the Hawthorns, and they got some real big aerial threats. Yeah, I definitely wanted Yukushlu um, in there to deal, help deal with them. But uh, Peters came in instead and uh, he did brilliantly. And he has done since, to be honest. And I think if you'd asked me, I would have gone in centre back for the Plymouth game. I probably would have. Well, in fact, I'm almost certain I would have said uh, Peters and Kit because Peters has proved himself to to be able to slot in and, and put in really good performances. And to be fair, Yokushley's played a lot of games and could have done with a rest, and obviously he got one, um, which is which is good. So yeah, Peters is just he seems to have been rock solid on the ball, uh, without the ball even tackling, uh, winning his headers, and, and then when he gets the ball, he's yeah he's very clean everything he does he rarely gives it away he looks up and wants to pass forward and and he can do yeah he just seems to to understand what's being asked of him and deals of almost anything that's thrown thrown at him he he obviously got done for a very good goal against Southampton but I don't think it was too much it was just an excellent goal really we're not trying to put too much blame on him for that but yeah he's been very very good since he's come in and the thing with Corbran is it to me it just feels like if you give him any good pro that's you know that's going to be focused and switched on in training sessions and yeah you give somebody like that to Corbyn you just feel like Corbyn's going to get the very best out of him and um, it seems to be what's what's happening with Peters now that he's been called upon because he's he's gone a long time uh, not playing um, obviously he's had a huge amount going on in his life off the pitch but he's also not been playing football and and when he comes into the side he's just he looks like he's been playing for the whole season really he just doesn't look phased at all and and has put in some really really good and professional performances just one more on Connor Townsend Pete really really important touch for the first goal wasn't it uh, because and it was it was noticeable Andy Johnson had mentioned it a few times on on commentary that um 
that we hadn't made the first contact enough on uh, on corners. We'd had quite a lot of corners. We had uh, they they generally been headed away by the Plymouth defence and. What creates the opportunity for Kipre to slot home very calmly, I might add, um, is a really, really good first contact with um, uh, from Connor Townsend, and and also credit as well to um, Nathaniel Chalaber, who uh, I thought used his body really well in that goal, and I thought he he doesn't always get a lot of love, and I thought he was iffy first half. I thought he got he got his pocket picked a bit too much, but second half peak ninety seven percent pass completion rate. Um, so I thought he came in and <laughs> it was noticeable when he went off. He was he was a bit upset at being substituted, and um, yeah, I, I don't mind seeing that. I, uh, you know, um, players should be a little bit upset when they when they come off, and you can understand why because he'd had a really good, uh, really uh, really good game, and I thought Townsend and and Chalaber's parts in the in the Kipre goal were integral. I think Andy Johnson raised the question of of whether we'd scored more from corners or or Don Darnell for long long throws this season. And um the answer is that uh, Cedric Kipre's goal against Plymouth tonight has evened it up. So it's now four goals from long throws and four goals uh from corners. So when AJ said it he was right that we had scored more goals from from the long throws than corners. But um Alvin have actually been one of the the better sides in the division for set pieces. We've got the third highest expected goals from set pieces and um it's only really teams outperforming their expected goals that probably got a little bit lucky from set pieces that, that mean we aren't one of the, the highest scorers. we well we I think joint seventh half highest scorers, but that's because a load of teams are on eleven. But like I say, we're creating chances from them. It just we need to put them in the back of the net. But yeah, on on Chalibre, he had a good game, kept it really simple. Yeah, he just looked in control of things and that's what we wanted. We kind of left the forward pass into Moat and Townsend. To uh, I think Chalaba's role was just to kind of keep it ticking. It was a little bit different to what Yakuzhlu does when he's in the team. But um, yeah, he, he did what he needs to do well. Yeah, it was just a, a steady performance. And yeah, I think he can be disappointed for being taken off because he, he got given a chance to start today. And he, what did he get, 60 minutes? He probably would have liked a bit more. I think the time was probably right to bring on Yakuzhlu just to solidify us a little bit more and make sure we didn't get didn't get hurt from from a Plymouth direct attack or counter attack and yeah you I think Corbin's he can't really take he's got to take the sentiment out of it he obviously has to care about how players feel but ultimately he has to do what he needs to do to to get Albion three points and I think he made the right decisions when making his subs well let's let's talk about one of those substitutes uh Pete because you know, there was there was a lot of very very good performances in that second half, and it's worth it's worth noting. People will say the substitutions changed the game. The the game changed at half time. I mean, we were the better side marginally first half, but the reality is that the game the game flipped on uh, well, it didn't flip on its head because that would suggest that um, that uh, Plymouth were on top in the first half. But the 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 level of dominance really grew from the minute the second half um, kicked off. That having been said, have you seen a better 25-minute performance than we saw from Mikey Johnston tonight? Because he was unbelievable. 
he was absolutely phenomenal. That is a wonderful, wonderful goal. I mean, he to beat the to beat the defender first first of all, but then to cut inside and whip it into the top corner is just fantastic. He doesn't quite get an, uh, get an assist for the uh, for the third goal, but um, it, he's he's obviously a big big part of that as well um, because he plays the the ball to Wallace, who has the shot, which is saved for uh, for then um, for them fellows to tap in. I mean. At the moment, Pete, he just he just looks a magnificent signing. He really does. And there was, <laughs> I saw some I saw somebody had put on uh, on on social media. I think it was um, Sam uh, Jeremy who you know because it because it really is like that at the moment. I mean, when we've 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 upgraded or we've or maybe that's maybe that's unfair. We've we we've certainly gone and got a player that is far far more suited to what to what we want and he's impacting games he scored the first goal against Cardiff he seems to come on and have an impact every, every time he comes onto the field he had he uh, he uh, he played I believe he played a part in the in the Birmingham goal as well you know he's he's impacting games when he comes onto the field he's had a massive impact uh, tonight and it it's interesting that Whilst we got him right at the end of the window, and I said this in an article on on our Substack, and look, please, as as I always say, if you enjoy this podcast, if you want to hear more from us, read more from us, please do go check out our Substack. It's pinned at the top of our um uh, our X page, and you can get tons tons more content uh, on there from us um all week. And as you can imagine, at the moment, there's a lot of content because there's a lot of Albion games going on. But I, I said in an in an article, don't don't be mistaken by the fact that. Mikey Johnston came in right at the end of the window. This was a guy that Corbran made it extremely clear from the moment he knew Jeremy Sarmiento was going back. He was our number one target for an out-and-out winger. Now, it took weeks to get him in. Unfortunately, particularly with loans, that's quite often the case in a January window because it's not really surprising. Celtic want to know where they stand with their squad before they let one of their players out on loan. But he was undoubtedly a player that Corbran wanted from minute one of the window, probably even before that. And he made reference of it, how much he felt the love when, um, when, uh, when he came in, he, he, he made, he made a point of saying Carlos made it very clear from early on that he wanted me. Carlos made it clear that he, you know, I wanted a winger and he was my number one target. Carlos Corbran knows what he wants and what he wanted was Mikey Johnston. And I tell you what, you're seeing why because that 25 minutes today if if it had been more than 25 minutes Pete you'd have to give him man the match whether you give him man the match for a 25 minute display and I, I know I went a bit went a bit early on on uh, on social media and suggested that maybe he was man the match for a uh, for a 25 minute display whether you do give him it uh, is questionable because I think uh, as I say the performance from Townsend in particular certainly warrants it. The second half display from Fellows was unbelievable. But I mean that that twenty five minutes display is as good a twenty five minutes as I've seen from an Albion player in quite a while. Yeah, obviously with Samiento we lost a very good dribbler and somebody that wanted to be direct. Probably more of a ball I suppose he was a good dribbler, but a good ball carrier as well. And we replaced him with Mikey Johnston who is yeah an excellent dribbler and he just seems to have a bit more a bit more end product at the end of it, to be honest. Samienta could dribble into really good areas, um, but then we we didn't seem to create from those situations. Johnson seems to be able to find himself one on one against defender, shift it one way, and then 
and then move into that space that he's created and deliver from it. Um, and yeah, it was a terrific goal that he scored. Um, I think he even put it through through the defender's legs when he turned him. Um, so to have a nutmeg in there and then put it into the to the top corner is is always nice to see. Um, he he but... might actually uh, rival Grady Dean Garner for nutmegs. I would I would love to see those two having a nutmeg off on the uh, on the training ground. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to look out for the nutmeg stats when they next come out. But yeah, we've we've got a really good sign in there. And to be honest, I'm, I'm thinking it might be an interesting idea for the Substack um, to have a piece on on what we've got in Mikey Johnston and Tom Fellows since since Sarmiento left. So I'd keep an eye out on the Substack for that in probably sometime next midweek after the the Hall game because I think we've got a little break from from midweek fixtures so we can focus on some other things other than actual games. Um, yeah, he's he's did absolutely brilliantly and, and he used that space that we've mentioned before that Tom Fellows was in the second half. Um, the wing-back wanted to push onto the towns end. The centre-back didn't want to come out to the winger so we just left a lot of space out on that wing if the if the wing wanted to stay wide and Johnson did he used that space and then he exploited it when he got the ball and yeah that directness is just what we needed and again in the opposition analysis that we did I noted that Plymouth are one of the worst sides in the division in their defensive duels I think so it could be a good time for to get our wingers on that like to take people on and, and force those defenders into their duels and, and that's where we might get success, success and I couldn't yeah, believe sure. the space they gave him, they gave him uh, Pete. It was um it it was it was uh, it, it looked uh, the amount of space he had. It looked like Villa Park the season that, that they got relegated from the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, I, they just didn't want to go anywhere near him, really, did they? So you know, he'd give Mo a bit of space in the middle and and a free man to pick out that's as good as Johnson is. Once he gets the ball at his feet, then yeah, you're asking for trouble. And just on um, Mo at Pete that 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 little chip ball. For Mikey Johnston's goal, it was absolutely glorious. Yeah, it was lovely, wasn't it? And he had a he had a really good game again. You know, he's just a player that we could say this every week from, but it seems to go under the radar because he's just that consistent, um, just running the midfield. And I think I'm right in saying he had the most progressive passes, second highest expected threat. So your player yeah, of the season so far, if you had to pick it at this point. I think so, yeah. I think I would. Um and even mine. though and he's mine. probably one of the players that we talk about the least on here, so that just shows how consistent he is really, doesn't it? Well it, it's it's one of those and I almost I almost feel like we should apologise for it at times, Pete. It's because it's it's because you get to a point, don't you, where it, it's what more can what more can you say? And I think when when you talk about sort of like um, substack pieces and apologies for sort of like piling on the piling on the work a little bit that you know, um, um, and, and maybe maybe I'll take a swing at this one, but maybe we should just do one do one uh, an absolute Alex Moa appreciation um, article because because I think what he does is just unbelievable, and I think because he has become so frighteningly consistent that I'm not going to go as far as to say we take it for granted, but. It's almost it, it it it's almost like the the grass is green, the sky is blue. I mean, you know, how many how many more ways can you say it? People, uh, you know, uh, uh, dogs bark, Villa fans clap. It's like you know, you, you, uh, Alex Mowat's brilliant. There's just certain realities in life. He has been excellent, and it's just it's the excellence with the consistency to the fact that we don't pick up on it. It's just because we kind of expect it now because he's he's just shown that consistency throughout the whole of the season. And he just keeps it ticking, really. The way he drops between the centre-backs to pick up the ball and then plays it forward. 
you know, he carries it forward really well when there's space to drive into. He did that um, on one occasion early on against Plymouth and uh, almost got the goal from it. So he's just a really well-rounded midfielder. He wins his tackles, he can press high comfortably and then recover, um, despite definitely not being the quickest midfielders. He still gets about the about the pitch really well and he seems like he can just run all day. He plays 90 minutes most games and and he's still the one that you see sprinting out to challenges at the end of games when we just need somebody to put a little bit of pressure on. So, there's, yeah, there's just so much praise to, to give to him. It's almost like we don't want to give him too much praise because as Ali, as Ali said on the pod earlier in the week, and if you haven't listened to our pod with Ali Jones, please do because it was fantastic. Out of the out-of-contract players, he's probably going to be the hardest one to keep, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he could be difficult. Um I suppose you could say the same for Kipre. They're both decent ages for a footballer. They've still got... Um... Yeah, but Kipre will be on a lot less money than Moa. That's the, I suppose that's that's the big difference, isn't it? You know, Kipre, in, in terms of offering him a new contract, you know, you can probably uplift his money slightly and keep him. Moa, in reality, because he'll be on good money because he came as a Bosman... Um, he's probably it, probably uplifting his wages is not even an option, is it? Yeah, that's true. I suppose it depends how much he's he's settled at the club and how willing he is to move on. But um, the fact that he, he left Barnsley might mean he's he's open to just you know moving to different clubs. He's not a player that likes to just settle down and, and stay at that club for a while. But yeah, hopefully we can tie him down to a longer contract if. You know, it all depends if the finances work for Albion and work for Mert himself. So um, he's having a brilliant season. And if we can have him for another couple of seasons, then I'll certainly be glad because, again, Corbin seems to be getting the very best out of him. So I'd love to see him in an Albion shirt again next season. Here, here, Pete, as would I, as would I. Um, and uh, let's hope that we get another vintage Alex Mowat display in what is a, a really, really big game now against uh, Hull City at the weekend. Of course, as Pete alluded to, Hull winning tonight as well against Southampton, which means that uh, Albion and Hull, uh, only a point separates them um, in fifth between fifth and sixth. Uh, uh, we, we've both got just a little bit of a buffer down to Coventry and Norwich on, on, on 51 now so uh, Albion 4 points clear Hull 3 points clear and Albion have obviously got that little additional comfort of having a much better goal difference than Hull and a slightly better goal difference than Coventry and a, again a much better goal difference than Norwich tonight being a big win not just from the point of view of getting the 3 points on the board but the the 3-0 has also really helped Albion's Albion's goal difference which is which is extremely helpful but yeah if we can get something at Hull, it has to be said, at this moment in time, it looks a v- it would look like a very, very good result. And let's hope that when we uh, come back together and have another conversation, um, we will be talking about another positive West Bromwich Albion away day. But until then, thanks for listening and up the baggies. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, 
let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Albion have certainly been sharing the goals around this season. They're well into double figures now for different championship goal scorers. So why not take a leaf out of their book and do some sharing of your own with a McNugget share box? Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.